At Acuity Insurance, we believe that when you let your heart take the lead, amazing things happen. Possibilities become plans. Startups get started. Ideas on napkins turn into brick and mortar. When you lead with your heart, you build a business you're proud of and a life you love. So lead with your heart. We'll protect it with ours. Discover business, home, and auto insurance at acuity.com. Acuity, a mutual insurance company and other companies. Not all products available in all states. You know I'm right. Episode 8. And that means this episode's going to be great right here on DoubleGSports.com. Double G Sports Radio. Nick Durst here, joined once again by Joe Calabrese. And Joe, the sports world is you know being turned upside down. More developments each day with the whole situation. And uh, I guess we'll just start with this, the latest news that came out, um, which is that MLB is going to be participating in a massive coronavirus antibody study with up to 10,000 tests taken nationwide over the next two days. Researchers are hoping that the results offer a far better understanding of the coronavirus spread. So this is definitely, I guess, a major step towards potentially having an LA season, seeing what this study brings up. Yeah, this is an increasingly positive development. Uh, I came across a tweet a little while ago. So baseball is heading the way on this right now. But it seems like all the commissioners of the four major sports, includes Rob Manfred of Major League Baseball, Roger Goodell, then at the NFL, uh, Adam Silver of the NBA, Gary Bettman of the National Hockey League, other prominent sports owners like Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones, and then Dana White and Vince McMahon are part of a large group that's going to help advise Donald Trump on how to restart the economy. So not only is Major League Baseball participating in this study, but they're also heavily involved working directly with Trump and the rest of the team in the federal government to orchestrate a plan, get that, get sports back to us uh, as soon as as soon as they can can start. Right. So that's a, a great sign. Uh, so going back to the study. Uh, yes. Ten thousand person study for covid-19 antibodies. Uh, Twenty seven of the 30 major league baseball teams are reported to be involved in this study. Uh, some of the bigger market prominent teams have already been confirmed, such as the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Phillies, the Astros. Uh, and as of right now, the only team that I have seen through reports that have not that, are, that will not be taking part in this study are the Marlins, which the I captain, would assume would probably captain, come down. The captain, Derek Jeter. <laughs> I mean, this guy has yeah. is got to be the worst owner in MLB right now. I mean, he's he took a team which was like two games out of the playoffs, blew it up. They've done absolutely terrible. No one goes to the games. He's just redone everything. You know, maybe he ends up being a genius, and a few years from now, everyone's like, "Wow, look at that job Jeter did with the uh, the Marlins." But I don't think any Marlins fan has any excitement about Derek Jeter being their owner. And, you know, this is a little off topic here, but if you look at these two players post-playing career, A-Rod, super, super positive PR. Jeter, you know, his PR, he's taking a PR hit, and it's really incredible when you think about, you know, back to their time in the Yankees together, how loved Derek Jeter was and how hated A-Rod was. 
really something special. Yeah, I mean, his tenured ship as an owner so far has not been great. But um, I would assume the reason why they're not part of the study is probably Money. directly related to financial reasons. I mean, for them, they were eventually going to sell off anyway. And I think he realizes that the only way the operation's ever really going to truly succeed is if it starts ground up, right? So you need the foundation in place. So hopefully five years from now, we're not talking about how Derek Jeter is one of the worst owners in pro sports history. We're talking about how he did good things and was able to revive baseball in Miami. But uh, yeah, quick little tangent. <laughs> yeah, so this is really going to lead into the potential uh, options right now, which are MLB might play all our games in Arizona, or we saw they might play games in Arizona and Florida in the spring training facilities. But the interesting wrinkle here would be that there would be no AL, no NL. There'd be just the two the two leagues based on the spring trainings, um, the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League, and you're going to have a universal DH. And Joe, it's scary to think about this, especially with the fact that there's going to be some potential realignment with divisions. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on new potential divisions? Well, the divisions obviously would uh, be based on stadium and location proximity to where each of the 30 MLB organizations are situated in Florida and Arizona, right? Yep. So that were to make sense. It would feel a little weird, obviously. It would take a little, maybe a couple weeks of getting used to before people start to, to fully realize like, okay, we're not getting traditional and American League, National League baseball back for the time being, this is the best that they could do under the circumstances, right? So I have the list of all of the potential divisions for the Grapefruit and the Cactus League. Uh, you ready for it? Yep, let's hear it. All right, so we're going to start uh, East Coast. We're going to start in Florida. We're going to start with the Grapefruit League, right? So uh, the North Division, which would be the Yankees who are situated right outside Tampa Bay. I went to spring training last year. A lot of fun, great time. Love George Steinbrenner Field. Uh, and the other teams, the other four teams in that potential division would be the Blue Jays, the Phillies, the Tigers, and the Pirates. You got that? Yeah, so obviously one of the winners of this realignment are definitely going to be the Yankees. And you're adding in the Tigers to a, t- a division of third house the Already has the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Oof. I mean, that, that helps so, the Phillies too, definitely. It does. It does. Those the. Wouldn't it be great to see Gir- Girardi, Girardi and uh, the Yankees going at it multiple times a year? Yeah, it's great. Imagine now uh, having Didi walk to to sign with the Phillies. There'll definitely be some uh, some uh, tension there. Uh, so I'm going to move on now. now We're going to go to the South that, Division. The hardest division in all of baseball, I think, if this is, if this is to come to light. Unless that's not the, well, let's hear it. You know, there's two divisions there. Okay. So we've got the, the Red Sox. Uh, we've got the Braves. We've got the Twins. We've got the Orioles. And uh, hold on. Who is this team? Trying to are oh, the Rangers? No, no, I'm a liar. Who is that team? The Braves. 
It's not the Marlins. Well, e- either the way, other team? The South here is not it's not as it's not that good actually. I mean, the Braves and the and the Twins they'll both be the, the top two teams there. It's the other division right. of the Grapefruit League, which is really concerning. So I think the other division who is have, that? The other division you have. We have the Astros, Cardinals, Mets, and is the Nationals, the Nationals, and the Marlins. Right. So that's like that sucks for the Mets that would who, be the- who are like on Pakoda projections were supposed to win the NL East. To add in the Astros and the Cardinals is just absolutely brutal, and that would be like that would be a t- that's going to be a, that would be a tough division if this actually comes comes to play. All right, so that's done. Let's move on to the Cactus League. Are you ready? We got the Northeast, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Rockies, the Giants, and the Athletics. Athletics so finally all, won a division title, maybe. So of all the divisions, I think this is the one least affected because you have three of the, the, the NL West teams, right? The Diamondbacks, the Rockies, and the Giants. You have the Cubs. Uh, and then you have the athletic. So you only have one American League crossover. Uh, it's a team that's already used to playing games on the West Coast. So this kind of, uh, you're right, it kind of benefits the athletics the most, uh, potentially the Cubs, I would think, right? Certainly, because the Cubs, you're thinking, oh, maybe they took a step back, but this could definitely help them. Um, and just to recap, the Grapefruit League, the North, we got the Yankees and Phillies. They're going to benefit the most from being with the Blue Jays, the Tigers, and the Pirates. In the South, you have the Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, and Orioles. So that's actually oh, that, that's the other team. So that's like the, twin, the team. That's the Twins and Braves the right there. Yeah. Um, the East. That's just the most brutal thing to think about. The Marlins might lose like every game if they're, you know, but the Nationals, Astros, Mets, and Cardinals, as it is, the NL East is going to be ridiculous, but taking out the Phillies and, uh, and uh, putting in the, the Astros and Cardinals, and it's just crazy. And the Northeast, Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockets, Oakland Athletics, that definitely benefits the Athletics and the Cubs. In the West, so you get the Cactus League West, it's uh, right. Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, Angels. So, Dodgers, I would say, are still favorites there. You, you got to see what the Angels do there. And who knows if there's going to be wild cards or anything, how that's going to come into play. And then the Northwest, I think this really benefits the Brewers because they're going to be with the Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. That's probably going to be the worst division in all of, uh, the realignment. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with those two statements. I think the Dodgers from the the west uh i know the reds are an improved bunch i know they got trevor bauer in the offseason but uh still need to translate it to games the white Sox are young they're on the rise they're up and coming probably another year or two away so the dodgers will benefit from a young team right and the indians they've been good the last couple of years uh starting to kind of fade a little bit get older they're in transition the angels are always a mixed bag you don't know what you're going to get right so the Dodgers seem pretty much a lock um, for that division, uh, I would say. Uh, and then we got the Northwest here with the Brewers. I agree with your assessment, too. I think the Brewers really lucky out here. Uh, uh, 
I'm not sure. I think the Padres are kind of in the same boat as the White Sox, where they're both young teams. They're on the rise. Uh, they would have been poised, I think, to make a run at 500 this, this year and probably take off next year uh, with everything going on. I don't know if you're going to see as much improvement with those young teams as you necessarily would in a normal season. Uh, the Mariners aren't good. The Royals aren't good. So the only the only uh, challenge, I think, for the Brewers here will, will probably be the Rangers. And um, I think the Brewers just across the board have some a little more talent. Right. So. Uh, right. And you have to I mean, you have to keep in mind if they're going to go with this plan here, we're talking about maybe two or three games, two or three time slots of games per day um, and probably no off days really in double headers. Rosters are going to be have to going to have to expand at least to somewhere in the thirties. I would think, especially when there's not going to be any minor league uh, season, so you're not going to be able to call people up so easily. I would try think you're looking at like a thirty-three man roster, and like you you have like four inactive pitchers per per game. So you just you know whoever's not starting is inactive. I think the I think the rosters are going to be. They're going to have to be expanded up until at least 30 active players. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think a lot of guys are going to be necessarily ready in time. Uh, a lot of people have had their spring training regimens affected by all this. They were never really able to to get going or they started and they stopped and they haven't been able to zoom since. And some players have home gyms in their house or have means of being able to to, to get into shape and to stay in shape. Others, uh, especially guys who are, who are younger, who haven't seen a second or a third contract yet necessarily don't have that luxury. Right. So, uh, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's certainly possible. I think it's very possible that we might get one amended rule where you might see a 30 man, 32 man, 33 man roster, uh, for the duration of the season. Right. And instead of going with a 40 man in September, you might just see a, a larger uniform roster across the board. Um, but that that will remains to be seen what they're going to do. Oh, the, hit, but, the, the um, thing here is the the Mets are the big losers if he's if he's an actual um, <laughs> divisions. But um, they also kind of luck out because if, with the universal DH, you could have the horrendous Robinson kind of DH, and you could also have Cespedes DH. So you know maybe maybe it's well, not all bad, thing. but um, terrible, terrible, terrible division. Fans are gonna cry over the uh, the universal DH. Oh, boohoo! The pitcher can't, doesn't not, not gonna be able to hit this year. Great! How will we survive? Well, what does this what does this do? What does this do for <laughs> Shohei Otani? I guess you know. I don't know. Can, I, can they not? Can they not DH him when he's pitching? Probably not. So, um, but you know, the, the alignment maybe maybe works out. We'll see. This is this is all hearsay at this point. Um, I think MLB is really trying to capitalize on the market right now. They want to be the first sport back because everyone is craving sports right now, Joe. And I think the ratings will be crazy good for MLB games off the bat. But you also have to factor this in. Um, how are these things going to be broadcast? Because, you know, they can't expect um, the local regional networks to get up and move to Florida or um, Arizona for a whole season. Is it going to be a scenario where it's like, okay, uh, ESPN and MLB Network are going to broadcast all of these games? Like, that's that's another thing that I'm sure they, they have to figure out because you know I, I could see Michael Kay saying, "I'm not moving to, um, to well, Florida for the next five months." 
my guess is that uh, Major League Baseball will orchestrate some type of uh, deal and contract with, obviously, Fox, uh, ESPN. And uh, what I think you'll likely see are those two channels. And you might see just regional like market, like uh, production down in Florida. And for uh, the local affiliates, especially here, right? So you got SNY with the Mets and you got the yes work with the Yankees. You're probably some going to see some kind of uh, simulcast deal, right? Unless Michael K says, all right, you know, you want to give me money on top of it to, to, for me to take the risk and to move to Florida and to broadcast the games. I mean, a network like the Yes Network, obviously, I would assume has funds possible to be able to make something like that happen for the other teams and the other regional networks it'll probably be some kind of simulcast system um hopefully the games are on tv and and nothing would be worse than there's games but they're not broadcast and we have no idea what's going on see it'll be easier for fox to do that because fox will be able to broadcast and then they'll be able to appropriately uh pull and uh, it's still it's, it's still tough though because you're looking at you need, you, need, you need 16 production teams, right? Or or 14, 15 production teams any given day. So it's just like I don't know. We'll, we'll see how this how this works out because if even if even if the major networks are splitting things up, it's still going to be it's going to be tough to really manage that unless they do like they originally thought, which was all right. We'll have three games at one field per day. Then it's like all right. You know, but we'll 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 keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens. Um, if the season starts up, that's good news. But moving on to some sad news, the very promising, very well met XFL is no more, unfortunately. And when the news broke that uh, the season was canceled or the season due to the coronavirus, I knew right then and there there is no way, from a financial perspective, they were going to be able to stick around. And Joe, it's a real shame because the football was good. They had some innovative ideas. I really think in the next year or two we'll be seeing the NFL adapting the kickoff rule, and it's just it's just a real shame that the, the genius that is Mystic Man is not going to be able to see his vision play out due to the fact that the company has gone bankrupt due to the coronavirus. Yeah, I know. I uh, very upsetting. So, um, so from what I've seen, the XFL was able to pay out. Uh, its employees, I think, through April 12th. And, uh, yeah, so on Monday they officially filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and Vince McMahon hasn't come out with a statement. I'm sure his focuses right now are more in large part uh, figuring out what's going on with WWE and coordinating with Florida and uh, doing live shows. We'll, We'll touch on that a little later, right? But, I mean, I agree. I think... I think the XFL came around at the right time. I feel like people were ready to see other variations of rules and stuff within the game of football. And I mean, I agree with you. I think it was in terms of quality, it was not the NFL, but for the product that we were given, I think it was good football. I think it was quality football for what it was. Uh, I think you had a lot of guys who earned uh, a second chance and a second lease on life, so to speak. Maybe they weren't good enough for the NFL. Maybe they were overlooked. And uh, you saw some of those guys shine in the the XFL. And you've seen a couple of players since be signed with NFL teams, right? So, uh, for Vince, 
Uh, I think he really wanted it to succeed. He did everything in his power to make it succeed. Uh, sold off stock and took money uh, of his own funds out to be able to fund this and fund it to a certain degree. But obviously, nothing's going to be able to, re- to replace the financial loss and impact of not having games go on for the duration of the season and not being able to pay your employees and not have the, the promise that you'll be able to. So uh, very upsetting. Um, this is it. You know, like it, it, you're, you're never going to see a second league pop up again unless you have one of these mega millionaires or crazy billionaires with the vision and the idea to fund it. You know, right. very few people like that exist in the world. Or, Vince McMahon is one of them. Or the yeah. NFL says, we'll create our own spring league as a, as a developmental league. That's the only way that you're going right. to see this, unfortunately. Knowing Vince, he probably wants to come back at some point. But it might, be, might be really tough. But, so maybe maybe 2030 XFL V3. What do you think? We'll see. I think you need a few. I think you need a few years to get rid of the the stigma of the failed operation this time around. I would not be shocked if four or five years from now Vince comes back and says, "You know what? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to keep doing it until it works." Because that's I mean, that's his mentality. He is not. COVID nineteen is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college. COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com money for college. Not a loser. He doesn't like losing. In this case, he lost, but it was because of things that were outside Out of, of his control. control. Right, right. What's in his control, though, is WWE. Rumor has it they're going to be losing billions of dollars this year just between WrestleMania and the house shows alone. But um, I guess the good news is that Florida has deemed all sports as essential work. And WWE, which was... Uh, almost shut down before their tapings um, by police is now an essential part of the workforce in Florida. So at least the the shows are going to be live moving forward, which is good because the tape stuff is, is hard to watch when you're so used to, to live stuff. And the other thing about this is I saw that apparently uh, he had to go live because if he doesn't broadcast 48 or 49 weeks of the year live, then USA and Fox has the right to potentially void contracts. And that would have been a huge, huge issue for WWE. Yeah, it would have. Um, I'm kind of glad that they're still going on. I know it's kind of selfish a little bit, but it's given us something to watch in the meantime. We haven't really had much in the way of live content besides the the 24-7 nonstop news cycle, which I'm starting to get sick of. <laughs> so 
Uh, but yeah, WWE was deemed essential. And outside of that one report that we had about that one uh, backstage slash production employee being diagnosed with COVID, going into quarantine, and since being recovered, uh, we've seen nothing in the way of other performers being in danger for it or maybe having it. Uh, we we heard some reports around WrestleMania. Um, maybe some people weren't going to be able to perform or didn't want to perform the next couple of weeks. But uh, it seems like everybody's kind of pitched in to continue doing it. So, I mean, listen, first and foremost, I just want them to adhere to lo- the, whatever laws or systems are in place by the local government and the state government. They seem to have been doing that. And to get the designation that they are essential is a good thing because it means that they can continue operating like they are now. Uh, I think the performance center shows since they've had to, to basically put the, put them together like this, uh, they've been pretty concise. Uh, the promos without the crowd have been much more personal. Uh, they've been better. I think it's showcased, uh, the talent of the individual performers a lot more than what you would normally see with the crowd environment. So again, like I said, so long as they continue adhering to everything that's going on locally and, and at the state level, and um, we know, I mentioned this before, but we know that this probably has some real estate in Trump's head. Uh, they had that working relationship before. Trump is very aware of all the major sports commissioners and uh, people like Vince who want to keep going, who want to jumpstart and get the economy going again, uh, and they our know president that the product. Is a, our president is a WWE Hall of Famer, so it's like he, he is the, the only president in the history of the United States of America who is a WWE Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, SmackDown and Raw, they were what they were. I guess the big news is that Bray Wyatt is going to be taking on Braun Strowman here. Um, I would hopefully hope that Strowman will retain the title throughout this feud, but I don't think so. I think they'll probably shift back to the original original plans, which would be uh, Roman Reigns beating Bray Wyatt for the championship. Um, and then on the Raw side of things, you have uh, really the uh, Selena Vegas show, which is that her stable is just in every segment uh, with uh, Angel Garza, Andrade, and Austin Theory, they beat people down. Bianca Blair's there um, with the Street Profits. They're on TV. Asuka's and everything. Nia Jax is back. She'll be probably going for Becky Lynch soon. And then you got Money in the Bank coming up. So we'll see where that ends up being filmed or, or whatnot. But I think uh, we're both in agreement that Elias would be the, the choice of who should win a Money in the Bank for the men. But I think we both agree it's probably going to be somebody like Jeff Hardy. And uh, on the uh, woman's side of things, I, I would guess we're probably looking at Nia Jax that, or, or Asuka. That's what I think. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll break that down one by one. Um, uh, I think Bray and Braun are going to feud for the next two or three months. I think it's likely that we'll see some variation of Braun being able to get the upper hand on Bray, but not being able to get the upper hand on The Fiend. Um, 
uh, as for the money in the bank situation, uh, I hope it's Elias because he's in the midst of getting a push, which I've wanted for him for at least two years now, just like you. Uh, I would assume that if he's in the match, he's one of the favorites. Um, so I'm not sure if they're going with four Raw guys in four SmackDown or three of each because, again, like like I mentioned previously on a podcast, the uh, they're basically operating with as few people as they possibly can, right? Which is explains why Zelina Vega was on Raw for an hour and a half yesterday of the three hours because she manages three guys, all three matches, all three guys were in uh, specific segments with each other. And naturally, they're pushing her and trying to make her one of the the foundational pieces and one of like the the key managers of of Raw now, right? So that makes sense. They can only operate with so many people. You're not going to be able to have you know six man tag team matches and stuff like that just because you're trying to limit how many people you use on each show and how many people you're using in the ring at once, right? So, um, but yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see if. They use three guys from Raw and three guys from SmackDown in each of the men's and the women's Money in the Bank ladder matches, right? But uh, I agree with you. I think if Elias is in, I hope he wins. Uh, right now, the three uh, Raw guys who will likely be in will be Aleister Black, uh, Paulo Cruz, and Rey Mysterio, right? So you know, you'll you know, probably you know, see you know, something MVP, similar. who is apparently self-proclaimed one of the greatest ladder match people of all time, is going to beat Apollo Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I uh uh it, these matches I, are I don't, structured. I don't, I don't, I don't remember right? MVP ever being in a ladder match. Me neither. <laughs> I think it was <laughs> a joke. The funniest thing was like Saxon was like, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely has the most experience in a ladder match. I was like, and right. speak, I, I, know the, I don't, I know, I, 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 I don't remember. I know they're limiting people there, but oh, it's so good to have. uh the king back. He's so funny. He's so much better than everybody else. And he was really missed for WrestleMania. I was supposed to be mad. I listened to frickin' JBL. Oh, it just... He, he was he was funny. He was really funny. Um, so, yeah. That's... It's just... It's just, uh, it just crazy what's going on with the company right now. Yeah. Let's... Like I said, let's hope for the best. I, I, I've enjoyed Run SmackDown. I mean, NXT they are has, not, has been. NXT's done a good job. NXT has been hard to watch. It's just, it's just too long. NXT it's, it's has been two hours is too much right now. Um, even AEW. I think the women's ladder match was good though this week, and I enjoyed yeah, Gargano I'm a little surprised versus. Surprised by the but, but I agree. I thought. Uh, I guess they. I guess they can't really do Chelsea Green for Charlotte at this point because they're both heels, but. Um, a little surprised by the winner there, but it looks like Charlotte's going to be on Raw in week two, so that's interesting. I guess to to, to get people Woo! to tune into NXT. Uh, she's the queen. She's the queen. So the other news is that, as far as the combat sports go, is you know Dana White was ready to go this weekend with Uf- with UFC two forty nine in California. His company who. Broadcast the events. Disney, ESPN Plus said, "Let's not do this." And now Dana White, was, Dana White was furious. You could tell from his interview, uh, but he's chugging along here and still looking to acquire that private island and perhaps do the next event on May 9th. And Joe, you're a big UFC guy. What are your thoughts on this? I am. Uh, so yes, Disney was the one who shut down the operation. 
obviously Dana White has had has has had extravagant plans to um <laughs> to basically try to reorganize the event and move it to a specific location, whether that be a private island, whether that be in the middle of Native American land somewhere, uh, who knows, right? But yeah, so they're definitely going to try to have this event by May 9th. And uh, as of now, the location is to be de- to be determined. My crackpot conspiracy theory is Dana is secretly working with Vince McMahon to have the USC event at the Performance Center. Hmm, interesting. I was just going to suggest that you know, if Dana's fed up with Disney Plus here, after their deal, he should take UFC to WWE Network. How sick would that be? That would be amazing. Hold on. You're about to hear me kill a bug in my room. You ready? Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> you heard that? I had a stink bug fall from my ceiling. I don't know how it got in. But now I, I got to watch out because you got to clean them. Because when you kill them, they attract other stink bugs. Yeah, and, and speaking of attracting other other things, I mean, all right, so you got Shayna Baszler. She came over from UFC recently. Uh, now, you know, Covington comes out. He's like, I want to come to WWE in 2021. Never heard of this guy. He's 170 pounds. He wouldn't even qualify for 205 <laughs> Live. I don't think WWE has any interest in him. So, sure, he could say all that all he wants. Um, but the only UFC news that really matters is Ronda Rousey coming out, attacking the fans, and WWE acknowledging it. So no doubt about it, Ronda Rousey is coming back to WWE. Right, Jim? Yeah, all of that was – people were getting themselves worked up. Uh, a lot of people weren't sure if it was a work or not. I think the fact that they mentioned it on Raw this week when they interviewed Shayna like, backstage right before she came out all became that not only is it a work – but I agree with you. I think Ronda will be back at some point. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be soon. I think it'll probably either be near, like towards the summer or later in the year. But I think this alluded to the fact that she's probably going to come back. Absolutely. And, you know, these, these guys are so forgetful that I forgot to even mention it. But, you know, the Revival are gone from WWE. Who cares? Oh my gosh, what's the Revival doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> Nobody cares. Then nobody's going to bat an eyelash at these guys. Care. You know, if Enzo and Cass, though, went to AEW, there'd be some butts. Yeah, I think they would move the needle. I, I, I like the Revival in the ring. They were fine, but they weren't as big as everybody thought they would. They were probably, of all the, 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 the tag teams and the talent in WWE in the last few years, to me, they were always the most overrated. Yep. They were always in the in the ring with a team that was better than them, that was more entertaining and more over. But they they guys like that have utility. But in the WWE, when you're when you have guys like Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson in the club, like and you have the revival, they're basically like the same guys, right? Except I'd rather watch AJ Styles in the club. So maybe AJ whatever, AJ, be better could be, AJ could be a sleeper for Money in the Bank. You know, quickly, put, but if they if they do a fourth a fourth man, but. We'll see, we'll see about that. All right, so let's move on to the last topic here, which is really big news. And it's that Drew Brees, despite him being in the NFL this season, if there is one, is apparently signing with NBC to become a broadcaster with them after he re- retires. He might, replay, he might play another two years, but this is all done to keep him away from the ESPN um, booth. ESPN, they saved a lot of money on that Romo deal, so they're... 
they're looking to spend it. Now Breeze is apparently he'll he'll join the uh, the the pregame show on NBC at some point down the road, and then eventually they'll you know get switch him and Collinsworth, and Michaels is going to be replaced by Mike Tirico. We already know that. So ESPN maybe they kind of just uh, go to makeshift booth for this year, and then next year they. They could assign Michaels as a free agent because I don't think that trade's going to work out for this season. And I don't know who they're going to go with for the analyst. Uh, they should maybe, I mean, he's really not the most charismatic guy, but they should try to like uh, maybe get Eli Manning because they, it seems like Peyton's not interested. Eli might actually be a good broadcaster. But, Joe, I think with what they currently have on their roster – I think they should go with Steve Levy doing play-by-play and Pat McAfee as the analyst. Yeah, McAfee's very entertaining. Um, I like Breeze. He's got charm to him, and he's very likable. But the problem is it's like that kind of guy doesn't necessarily translate to TV, right? So let's look at, uh, I think, two guys who are play a different position – but are good comparisons to look at uh, when you're looking for a player who wants to translate to TV, right? So you had two tight ends recently who did it. You had Jason Witten and you had Greg Olson. Greg Ols- uh, Olson. Jason Witten obviously tried to do it for ESPN. Greg Olson has been doing it for Fox and he was doing XFL games, right? It's also going to play this uh, season. Olson was very good with the XFL, right. but I think he, he should, he's still good. He should still play another season, but you never know what that broadcast is right. You never know. Uh, I think Olsen transitioned pretty seamlessly. I think there's a balance between being able to correctly call something that's going on and give insight without overdoing it. You know what I mean? Whereas I think Witten just provided nothing. Like he was just a body there. He would talk about stuff and like he was just bad. At least Olsen knew what he was talking about. Gave you a great insight, had personality to him, right? So in the case of Breeze, here you have one of the best quarterbacks of all time, right? But is he going to translate like Tony Romo did? See, Tony Romo has a personality to him, right? So when he's involved in calling him, right, does rub some people the wrong way? A lot of people love him. A lot of people don't like him. But... At least when you're watching a game with him, like on commentary, you know you're going to get some substantial stuff, right? right. We he have had, to see if, if a guy like is made for that. ESPN missed out on Rob Gronkowski, who we actually did a good job on this pregame show with Fox. They could have they could have thrown him in the booth. I mean, what the heck, right? He couldn't have been uh, too bad. Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski is perfect for WWE. 24-7 champ. Any of the major networks. What's up? The 24-7 champ. He is a 24-7 champion. Like you called. You called it. <laughs> you know I'm right. I mean, that's the reason why I have to show his name what it is. Uh, so who would you go with? I mean, first of all, Joe Tessitore is getting the, the, the short end of the stick here. I don't know anybody. I don't hear any people really complaining too much about him doing, color, uh, doing play-by-play. Uh, so what would you... Yeah, I guess based on... Current ESPN employees, who would your Monday Night Football crew be? 
Uh, I like the idea of Levy doing play-by-play because I think he was very good doing the XFL games. Uh, I think he's very underrated in that regard. I think he's underused by ESPN in general, actually. I just think he's a very likable personality and a great play-by-play guy. Uh, I don't necessarily hate Testator. Um, for the for the, the 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 guy who's doing the the color analysis and the, the like the other analysis, uh, I don't hate your Eli idea. Eli would be very fun to listen to. I don't know if he wants to do it. I don't think he has. Any I definitely he, want. Eli is the highest paid player of all time, so I don't think he needs the money. <laughs> I don't think he needs the money either. I would love to hear Peyton do it. I think Peyton would be great at it. The problem is, I don't know if he wants to do it either. And considering the money he makes... I don't think Peyton wants to do it because if for some reason he flops, it's really going to damage his reputation. So I think he's going to say no. Right, I agree with that. How about about maybe in like four or five years, fresh off retirement, Tom Brady? Do you think he'd be a good announcer? Eh, I don't think so. Yeah, even I don't know if he's... personality. I mean, Eli is pretty dry, but he has he has some personality. Uh, yeah, you I think, know, I think you know who I think would be a really good announcer. Who's that? Andrew oh, Luck. I mean, Andrew Luck would be he would be good. I actually think Andrew Luck's going to really come good. out of retirement at at some point in the next two years. But in the meantime, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of an idea, Andrew Luck. Yeah, because like I said, you need a guy who knows what he's talking about to do so with ease. But you also need somebody who's got personality who could relate to the common person, right? So that's why I don't I, – like, Brady I think would be a lot like Aikman in the sense that he would be able to do it. But a lot of people don't necessarily like Aikman because either A, he's too much of a homer for the Cowboys when he does games. Or B, he's just – I don't know. He's – I don't. I don't want to say he's unlikable, but I could see why he rubs some people the wrong way. Like my uncles don't really like him; they prefer Nance and Romo to to Aikman and Buck. Uh, and I know a lot. Joe Buck's gotten a lot of hate over the years. I think he's gotten better as I've gotten older. I don't think he's really bad anymore. I think he's actually quite good. So you need to be able to balance that. I don't know if Brady would able to be do, be able to do that because I don't know if people would be able to necessarily separate the guy, the player he was on the field from the guy who he's trying to be in the broadcast. You know what I mean? Because there's definitely a little bit of that that bravado he's got, that arrogance, that personality, the, the winning culture. You know what I mean? Right, that doesn't I, necessarily... I, I like, you need somebody yeah. who's more of a common person. I got one more. How about this? Tom Coughlin from Under Night Football. Coughlin would be good. I don't know if he would do it, but I think he would be good. Who knows? I think we're most likely looking at uh, Dan Orlovsky or Jesse Palmer. Jesse Palmer. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know how that would work out. But we we shall see. That's going to do it for this episode of You Know I'm Right. If any of these predictions come true, it's because you listen to the show. You always get the scoop here first. So that's going to do it for our, our episode eight here. It was a great one. And thank you for listening. COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. 
Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college.